on Big V Racing. Green light on with Dan Malicki. Nine past twelve, and good to catch up with Dan again. How are you, Dan? I'm very well, thank you, Sean. Uh, we've just had news through too that Matthew Isaacs has been appointed the CEO, the new CEO of Harness Racing Victoria, replacing Dale Brown, who went to the Singapore Turf Club in September. That's right, and uh, Fiona Mello has been the interim mm. CEO and just done an absolutely fantastic job, uh, I must say. And uh, Matthew Isaacs, the announcement was made uh, yesterday, so uh, we welcome him to uh, Harness Racing. Impressive uh, CV. He was uh, with Tabcorp for about five years as general manager of wagering and media. Uh, he's worked for uh, digital pl- uh, platforms the whole lot, so he knows his way around. Yeah, so he should. Otherwise, he shouldn't be there. So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Harness Racing Victoria got a great uh, record of uh, getting the most qualified, the best people available uh, for the job. And, uh, look, I'm sure Matthew will enjoy his time at Harness Racing Victoria. It's always a big job, but, you know, a big person uh, is uh, is the right person. And, uh, and Matthew looks like he has the, the ideal qualifications. All right. Now, we spoke uh, yesterday uh, in, in length about the Petstock Ballarat Pacing Cup. And for those that didn't hear it, it is a, a ripper field on Saturday night. Oh, it is. And it always is. It's, it's funny. I, I thought some of the country cups in the lead up this year were just lacking the, the complete depth. Uh, mm-hmm. There was good horses in there, of course. But all of a sudden, the Ballarat Cup uh, comes together. And, and I think it brings the best harness field we've had for, for quite some time. I reckon there's slightly more depth than what we had in the Inter-Dominion and or Victoria Cup. Uh, which is fantastic. Um, it's a Group 1 race on its own is $150,000. It's a standout race, but also two weeks away from the Hunter Cup. It, it highlights uh, what uh, a race and the depth that we're going to have in that as well. So um, it's a terrific lineup. Whenever you've got the Kiwis involved, and it's something through COVID and, and even the Inter-Dominion mm. series we didn't have, Sean, uh, but to have three key representatives, including the, the horse that's won the last two New Zealand Cups in Copy That, as well as uh, Cranbourne, who we've seen last week, and, and win in dashing style the Shepparton Cup. An Old Town Road, who's a horse that mightn't come here with a CV of the other two, but I assure you he's a very good horse and could easily be winning this race. Luke McCarthy, uh, expensive uh, ego, was he coming down or not? Yeah, expensive ego and Spirit of St. Louis. Spirit of St. Louis won first up last week, so he got the job done. So the plan is to come down for the Hunter Cup. And likewise, expensive ego, mm-hmm. who will go around at Menangle on Saturday night. They're two big names, and I must admit, I don't think we would... Um, uh, have a race in Victoria that wouldn't be uh, for them. Uh, they've been much a part of the feature races in Victoria over the last couple of years. So expect to see those two horses from the um, stables of uh, Belinda and Luke McCarthy. And uh, Expensive Ego on Saturday night uh, looks like he'll be a short price favourite. But in that race, there's actually a number of other uh, horses from New South Wales that went around through the Inter Dominion series. So You'll have horses like Pete Said So that is in there. Uh, there's Perfect Stride. Um, there's a, a, a number of key runners that I guess the better that they perform. The Black Prince was another one, Pitch Perfect. Uh, and even a horse like a JOK that could head on down, uh, or a win at least, or even a second placing, might see them uh, mosey on down south. But uh, I think they'd really have to have a great performance to get in. It looks like a lot of those spots, at least for the Hunter Cup, are just about set in stone. Now the favourite for the Hunter Cup. Tell us a story about this. Yeah, well, look, he's been favourite at the the top of the 
tab markets and probably other markets as well for quite some time. But I, I chatted to, oh, we, we thought he was in the paddock, but it was confirmed by uh, Emma earlier on in the week uh, that Act Now is in the paddock, as is Major Moth. Uh, so both those horses, it's just tread warily with the market that's there, Act Now is a $4.50 favourite. Well, he's in the paddock, so it's going to take some sort of a training effort to get him to win. And Major Moth had a bone scan after a bit of a, an injury scare after winning the semi-final of the Vic Breads. But uh, he was given the OK, but they've heard on the side of caution, and he's also having a bit of a break. Uh, another horse that's in the market for the Hunter Cup that won't be there is Better Eclipse, uh, and he's uh, now a $26 shot. But particularly with Act Now as $4.50 favourite, I think sometimes people look at some futures and try to have a bet going on for a couple of weeks. Um, and just bear in mind, Act Now uh, is not going to be there for the Hunter Cup and his favourite. So that market would change, and particularly after the Ballarat Cup Saturday night, if Copy That wins the Ballarat Cup, I can see him being clearly outright favourite for the uh, the Hunter Cup. And look, the same for a horse like Honolulu Bay and even potentially Major Meister, and certainly Rock and Roll do. So any one of those horses win Saturday night, I'd say they'd be able to, uh, they would firm into favouritism. So Copy That'll have to bring his New Zealand form. It's been a, a weird situation with him, hasn't it? Yeah, look, it has, uh, Sean. There's no doubt about that. It's as if there's uh, two of him. Yeah, yeah. And the New Zealand version is the probably the best pacer mm. in, in Australasia, So at least in the open class ranks. So um, I get the feeling that we're more likely to see that version than the version that we saw come through Victoria uh, through the latter part of the winter. Uh, but again, we've got to tread carefully. But as a result, if you're confident you're going to see the, the real uh, copy that, you're going to get a decent price to match it because uh, I think if the confidence was there that the Kiwi New Zealand uh, star would turn up, he would be much shorter in the market for the, the Ballarat Cup than the price that he, he is at the moment. Uh, you can get $3.80. In previous years, a horse of that stature, I'd reckon he'd be $2.20. So, uh, but Cranburn, the, the other Kiwi is the mm. favourite. Now that we've seen him, know that he's got gate speed. He looks like he's the horse that will probably lead the race. He's the, the favourite on tap at the moment at $3.60. So uh, he's going to be very hard to beat. The draw certainly suits him, but I don't think a disadvantage is copy that either. Now, you mentioned a horse here a moment ago, and the enthusiasm in your call when he won was just undeniable. Major Moth. Yeah, look, he's a pretty special horse from what I've seen. Uh, he, he came back from injury. Uh, as a two-year-old, I think he was the best male two-year-old going around. I don't think there was any doubt about that. And he went into his three-year-old season as probably the highest-ranked three-year-old. And uh, Act Now then emerged through the derby. Major Moth, we found it afterwards, wasn't quite right, had a few issues. Uh, he'd been tipped out then for the best part of uh, of a year, trying to get through some of the better races in the latter part of that season. But he's come back uh, oh, links, links better uh, he, of a horse of an elite level. Um, uh, he just had that bit of arrogance about him, just sheer quality and class. And the way he did it, point-to-point um, point speed, it's not quite like a Captain Ravishing, but it's pretty special. And we haven't yet seen him get a full preparation, so I still think that he was on the, the upward uh, trajectory and definitely heading in the direction for the Hunter Cup. In my mind, if he was, uh, say, sound, there's no problem mm. with him. They've heard on the side of caution, but he would have been the horse I would have had at the top of the market for, for the Hunter Cup. So he's got time, providing he does stay sound, and he'll have a little bit of a break now, but he could uh, emerge as the best open-class pacer mm. in Victoria. Uh, when I say open-class, maybe five and above, because Captain Ravishing is certainly 
certainly most yes. exciting. Uh, but Major Moth would be a worthy opponent there. I think he's a pretty special horse if he keeps it all together. Yeah, well, he just seemed to improve from race to race. Often horses get to 11 and plateau a bit, don't they? But he just kept looked like he was improving all the time. Yeah, and look, when he came back, he, he was showing gate speed that he'd never shown before either. Uh, we'd always seen him hustle his way towards the front. Maybe they never tried to uh, utilise the gate speed, but the gate speed is there now. Uh, he's a top quality horse, and whatever time he's had out, um, he's where he... Where he is now, I think, is where he would have been uh, even if he continued to race and not have the problems that he has. Um, and even though he missed a full year of racing, I think he'll make up for it with being a better horse. But again, the key is staying sound. There was that little bit of a problem in the float uh, which put him out of the Vic Bread final uh, and then obviously has curtailed this preparation. But as I said, uh, they've waited 12 months, got a few wins out of him. The bone scan cleared him of any damage, but they just thought with a little bit of work that he missed and maybe the, the, what could have been a rushed prep to try to get him right for a Hunter Carp was better off just giving him a little bit of time out. And I think it's the right thing to do and they'll benefit from that. Now, Dan, Geelong, Sunday, big day there for harness racing. Yeah, look, I think it is actually. Um, and believe it or not, it's the focus that's probably going to be just uh, away from the horses this time. And I don't find that a bad thing. They've got yeah. a, a good card, a nine-event program, 5.27. So it's twilight times, and I think that's important. It doesn't look, look like it's going to be super hot. But then again, it would be ideal even if it was. But what they've got is the Daxon Dash, or the Dash Hound, <laughs> as many referred to, yeah. or as a lot of others refer to, the Sausage Dogs. <laughs> so there's a n- number of heats uh, yeah. where the Sausage Dogs uh, are running, uh, and then they qualify for a final. So I reckon it'll be great entertainment there. And I've been on about this dog day afternoon for a long, long time. And it was a little bit of an idea after a few um, glasses of Pinot Noir, I think, Mm. with the ex-CEO of the Geelong Club, John Dunn, we had a chat about. And uh, Wagga uh, did it very successfully, I think it was uh, about a year and a half ago, or maybe closer to two years ago. And they did it really successfully. A lot of people turned up. And I think it's a great way to enjoy the races. So the Daxon Dash, and that'll be at Geelong on Sunday. If you need to know more information, get in touch with the club. You can dine there or, or simply go out there and enjoy the amenities. And I think a lot of entertainment. So there's a few uh, heats of the Daxon Dash, uh, as well as the final of it, and also nine harness races. It'll be a wonderful spot to be in. Some pony trots as well. So great opportunity at this time of the year. School holidays, plenty of uh, uh, kids can come along. There'll be uh, facilities, amenities, uh, games for them to be involved with, but watching the Daxon Dash and also the Pony Trots, I think they'll be the highlight. The only things that we probably can't bet on at the moment, unless you can think of someone uh, on that program, but I think it'll be wonderful. Now, I'm glad it's not going to be a hot day because the little Dash hounds are pretty low to the ground. They'd feel the heat coming up in their guts. Being a hot dog, all they'd need is a little bit of sauce on top, with me. Right. <laughs> oh, dear. That'll be. I remember one day, and I reckon you've called them as well, ferrets. And I call them at a point to point. And I said, How do you call ferrets? And then they, show me, they stick them in a downpipe along the ground and then. Ready, set, go, let them go, and whoever's first out the other end wins. So you can't see a thing while the race is on. No, no. Well, it's funny. Some of the things that we've called over the way. I, I did a, a rat race once, and they were pretty big rats too. Don't worry about that. But I must admit, they're pretty genuine. The way the, the way they went about things. Um, I've done the, the me- mechanical horses in a in a backyard yeah. laboratory in inverted commons. <laughs> um, uh, uh, boat racing. You don't laugh at that. No, no 
uh, weird remarks about boat racing, but I used to do the dragon boat racing on the Yarra during the winter as well. And yeah, I loved doing them. They were fantastic because you never really got anyone storming out of the pack like Kiwi. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Uh, You could build to a sort of a crescendo there without having a real big uh, surprise in the last uh, 50 metres. So there's some of the things that I've uh, I've done. I've done some uh, non-thoroughbred races like station hacks. Uh, Mm. I remember doing the Yanko Creek Bush picnics and they would have a Calcutta auction the horses off from the uh, the stations around sort of a Gerildi Berrigan way and it was a fabulous day just on one of the farmers uh, private properties and I did that for a few years when I was in my early teens and that was just fantastic so you do get opportunities at times to call things other than horses and greyhounds and I'm sure you've been the same. I've called quarter horses that was interesting 14 of them over 300 metres and they run it in 17 seconds, and they had names like Quarter Bar Ranch Executive, Taco Taco TikTok, Never Ended Golden <laughs> Sunset. I basically Race would be over I before you got their names through. Racing got about three of money on that photo. It's tight. Eleven never got a sniff. And that was, uh, that was fascinating to call uh, with the quarter horses. Uh, stupid things, and usually in the name of a charity to raise money for something. I rode in a mini bike derby once. And I, the dead set looked like Mick Doohan. I laid the thing over on the turns and absolutely brained them. Crowd were going wild. What they didn't know was the throttle jammed and I couldn't ride. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only reason I won because I couldn't stop the rotten thing. Um, I stupidly, one day, another guy and I, well, it was a rort, a rodeo to raise money for a hospital. And we were going to, an in inverted commas, ride bulls. We were insured for a quarter of a million, but no one knew you had to die to get it. Anyway, uh, the deal was we're going to hop on like you know, bull calves, and when we turned up in the day, the crowd was massive. They've driven from 600 you know, mile away in the country to see one of us get killed, and I thought I've got to get on one, or they're going to hang us. And I went around to the clown, and he said, "Yeah, I was waiting for you," and he said, "I got one for you here." I said, "Right, I'm going to have to get on the thing," and I've got to be honest, Dan, I've never been more terrified in my life when I got on this barman. <laughs> it felt like I had a 44 gallon drum of dynamite between my legs. And I'll never forget, he opened the gate and he said, the bull will come out and he'll go straight, he'll buck twice and then go to the right. He said, you bail out then. I said, I'll be gone long before then. Don't worry about that, mate. <laughs> anyway, gate opened, he came out and bucked and I just bailed out to the left and he got him away from me safely. They're brilliant, the clowns. And uh, so, yeah, jumped out and yelled out, re-ride and come out an old dairy cow after that. That was all right. But probably one of the, and there's no OHS in those days. One of the silliest things when I was doing breakfast here, when this was three years ahead many years ago with Paul Macon, he came up with the brainwave. We've had a, we would have a match race at Seymour on, on Anzac Day, picnics. And I said, yeah, I'm up for it, no worries. And I thought he could ride. And we've turned up, and they gave us two horses that had run in the Cattleman's Cup and stock, uh, exercise, no, um, all-purpose saddles to ride them in. And Macon got on it, and I'm not lying, and then Neil Dyer, the trainer at Kyneton, Neil was there, he would back me up on this, Jimmy Jarvis was there as well. He lay down like Mick Doohan, the motorbike rider on it with his heels back near its stifles and a fistful of mane and the buckle in the middle and I thought oh he's joking I went out the gate just took off and I caught him around the back and said you sure you want to do this yep no worries I said okay well I'll stay outside you and we'll get you around the turn and there's two clerks of the course at the end and he took off and all of a sudden I heard him screaming and cursing because he was lying down there was a certain part of his body getting crushed on the saddle <laughs> and, and the more he yelled, the quicker the horse went, and the more they got crushed, and it was just like a circus. He came to the home turn, and I thought, Poo, what's happened here? Near side stirrup and leather, straight out of the saddle, pulled it out of the hooks. Then the offside one went as well, 
and he made the turn, hanging off the side like a Russian Cossack rider. The crowd at Seymour, Jeff O'Brien was calling, they went berserk. They thought he was a stunt rider. They didn't know he was about to hit the deck. <laughs> and I thought if only you could see it from my view, sitting behind him, I thought, what do you do? And he hit the deck, it galloped all over, and luckily he didn't get hurt. And Jimmy Jarvis and um, uh, Neil Dyer and a few of the other trainers jumped the fence. They thought he was seriously injured. The ambos got to him, but he was okay. But he was on air that week when we did breakfast. He was chewing Panadine Fort like smarties. He couldn't get enough into it from the pain. And I thought, wow, absolutely crazy. But no, no OH&S in those days at all. It was just no, no. It seemed a, a bit more fun too, to be, to be quite fair. <laughs> it was, it yeah. matter, but fun. Yeah, Stanley rode that, and I'll be having a chat. I pre-recorded one with chat earlier on. I didn't ask you about brick and wood because it's going to air shortly, but uh, $14.50 would have been nice to be part of that. Dan, I'm not smart enough. Oh, well, it's only one question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I repeat, I'm not smart enough. I'm not the sharpest no. tool in the shed, mate. Oh, don't be like that. It's too many uh, times you've fallen off that Brahmin bull. I think that's why. <laughs> Stupid, yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> have we got a winner for us anywhere that we can uh, hop on? Look forward to on the weekend. Uh, I yeah, I think uh, Saturday night at uh, at Ballarat. I think race one number twelve. So what each way, and race two number twelve. Huli in the end uh, each way, and you should get that each way value about them simply because they're drawn uh, poorly. Uh, there's a few I actually like on the night that haven't got the best of barrier draws. If anyone thought, saw Chinese Whisper in the stand start at Hamilton last week, I think they'll be wanting to be on him. Race three horse number nine, but he he might be short enough in the market as well. And um, the the Cranbourne Cup. It's uh, sorry the Cranbourne in the Ballarat Cup, um, he looks the horse to beat, but I still think copy that's the value. I'm, I'm, I'm tipping copy that. I've got a bit of confidence back that uh, the right copy that is going to turn up. Um, and speaking of the right copy that or the right Lochinvar art, um, Sean, uh, he's, uh, he's back. He's uh, uh, qualifying in a qualifying trial on Saturday night. Uh, in oh, at the Meadowlands, so he trials there, and they reckon that uh, I was talking to Kevin Gordon, his owner. He said he's on song uh, for the Bagata series, which is a bit like the Inter Dominion. They have six rounds of heats and then a seven hundred thousand dollar final. So that's the Bagata series March final. But they're looking at a start on the second um, uh, in or in Feb in February at least. So they'll get through this trial first, but want to run in one of those heats of the Bagata series. So they're all pretty happy with him, and we might have an update come Monday about how he. He went in that qualifying trial Saturday night at the Meadowlands. Good on you, Dan. Great to catch up, mate, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Sean.